Welcome to Michael McCurry Live. My hope and prayer is that this discussion will challenge and inspire you to do more for our Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the 13th episode with Brother Abdel Judah, the youth pastor at the First Baptist Church of Hammond. Hope this is a help to you. We only scratch the surface. Hopefully more to come with Brother Judah. Hope you enjoy. We're live once again. Mike McCurry Live, number 13, with a friend, a um, uh, someone that has been, at times, a mentor, and I appreciate those times, Brother Abdel Judah, currently a youth pastor, First Baptist Church of Hammond. One of the first questions I always ask Brother Judah, uh-huh. 50 to 100 words or so, tell us who and what you are. All right, oh, we, we got got technical you. difficulty. Go here's, ahead, it's all right. Here's so, what I heard, 50 to 100 words or so, tell us... <laughs> what anything you want? No, tell tell us who you are. If fifty to hundred words. Yep, Abdel Judah. I'm the the youth pastor here at First Baptist Church in Hammond. Uh, been working with teenagers in ministry for seventeen years, and uh, served the Lord in West Virginia for uh, thirteen years, and then moved here to Hammond. So uh, having the time of my life. That's Amen. Me married, three kids, and. Uh, that's me in 50 words or less. Very cool. Now you get to work with the youth there. I'm sure you're tied in with a lot of other things, maybe teaching at the college or different things going on as well. But what is what is the size? Just to give people a scale, uh, people that might not know, with the scale of the youth group that you get to work with, what kind of what, what are you looking at? I know numbers aren't everything, but they are something. And so uh, what kind of size of youth group do you have there? Yeah, well, you're looking at uh, – you're looking at um, – boy – you're looking at 150 high school. You're looking at 150 junior high. You're looking at about 100 um, bus teens that we're very involved with. Uh, they, they would be local uh, teenagers, mm-hmm. the laymen in our church pick up. Um, and, and so you're, you're talking, a, you know, a few hundred uh, sure. every week. And then I do, I do teach at the college three days a week. I teach uh, – homiletics, uh, preaching there. I teach Old Testament survey, New Testament survey, and the average class size for my class is going to be over 100. Hmm. And so probably closer to 100, 150 would be okay. a guess. But uh, so, yeah, it's a lot of kids, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of young people from, from 19 down. <laughs> sure. What was now, obviously, knowing Brother Lamb, great church there in West Virginia yeah. and, and having the chance to really get grounded in the ministry there. What... Yeah. Um, just to dive right into, I guess, the interview aspect, what was the um, the smallest maybe that a youth group was there? And what are some issues that the problems of scale that when you get just besides just baking time for everybody, what are some issues that just become way bigger when you have that many teenagers under your purview? Well, at, at Landmark, you know, when I think about the smallest that it was, I I want to say... I want to say that there were seven, um, now that would be, that would be, that's what I remember as being core. Okay. There may have been, you know, some others that were in the congregation, but not involved in the youth group. But, but um, so, you know, that would be, at some point, just- you want to talk about Pastor Lamb. Sure. Um, it broke up for just saying that. What was that number for, that you had for the smallest there? Seven. 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 Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Seven okay. core. Sure. Sure. Um, 
Yeah, but I, I actually just spent some time with Pastor Lamb a couple of weeks ago, and I'd love to talk about my ministry there. And Absolutely. There. Um, but the challenges, as far as as far as you know, being here, youth ministry is is relational. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think all ministry is. It's it's right. It's relational, and so and so to be able to connect to a teenager on a personal level, which, which I think is a, is a, you have to do it. You have to do it. Right. Right. It does become more challenging and it does become, uh, more difficult. And, and you do constantly have to be asking yourself, you know, does that kid feel like he has a youth pastor? It's a, it's a constant. And cause some will clamor for your attention and others will not. And then there's others that you're kind of naturally, you know, because of interest you're, you're drawn to and conversation and, and uh, so we employ, you know, youth workers and a lot of that happens. And so to scale it, it is a little more difficult. Now, I think one one positive that just is of the Lord that, that God's given to me is I do think that the, the pulpit ministry, you know, would be a strength and I can connect. I can connect and it's the Lord, but there's connections made with in a 40 minute message, you know, sure. And, and kids feel that. And I thank God for that because I really don't know, um, you know, God puts it all together, but I, I don't know if I'd be able to right. have an impact on kids if I didn't have that. You know? Sure. Now you said the smallest you, that you felt like it was maybe was seven or so, but the Lord blessed and, and you did yeah. some things right. And, and what, so what's the biggest, they're, they're a landmark in, in a, a church that for most of America would be somewhat of an unknown. How, how big did you, were you able to, because I, I know you, you brought some huge groups to yeah. uh, Mount yeah. Salem. And what's the biggest sure. they ever got there? You know, probably, um, Probably 50 core. Okay. Like that would be, that would be some 50 teenagers okay. uh, on a Sunday morning, far more than that. But as far as like, a, as far, I, I always try to judge everything by how many are going soul winning. Hmm. You know, how many right. are, how many are, if I say, people will just show up on borrow and steal to get hovered between four just uh but hey brother judy it's coming through just i don't know if you can hear me or not it's coming through just a little bit broken broken up here and i, I apologize I, I just don't want to don't want to miss anything that you're, you're saying um I, I i might be frozen for you as well we'll take just a second here because we have we have about another 25 minutes or so if you can hear me if you wouldn't mind if you could um if you're on wi-fi if you could try lte if you're on lte if you could try wi-fi if you don't mind if, if that might work okay. for you let me try lte sure and you, you might need go go ahead I'll give you time. For those that are listening, just jumped in. Uh, Mike and McCurry live number 13. Get to be with Brother Judah um, right now for just a moment here. And I appreciate him taking the time out of a very busy schedule. I see you heard him mention 100 plus, well, almost 200 plus uh, teenagers. And so get the opportunity to uh, to talk with him for just a few minutes. And uh, we'll be, he'll be right back in just a second trying to figure out the uh, technical difficulty. So I apologize that you have to look at my face for just a moment here. Um, but... I'll take the mo- the opportunity since I have a second here to promo uh, the the 
interviews coming up here. I have a brother Phil Klausner tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And for those that are sticking around and still watching, I greatly appreciate it. But Phil Klausner, if you've never met or heard of brother Phil Klausner, has a fantastic testimony. And uh, in the pen- he lives in the Pennsylvania area. Just a servant's heart. We had a uh, Christmas, um, a big Christmas outreach day, and he, he came in with his family just out of the loop. Hey, you there? there? You back? I'm here. I yeah. think we're a lot better. Let, let me put you on split screen again here. Okay. There we go. I think we're back. If we have another problem, it's not a problem. It's it's okay. all good. We'll, okay. we'll make it happen. But yeah, you're much clearer. No hiccups yet. Good. Oh, good. So we'll just jump right back into it. Um, we, we, it broke up. You said you had about, um, it got to about 50 core teenagers. You, you try to judge it off those that are going soul winning. And that's where we kind of lost you. Yeah, just, it just, and 50, as far as soul winning, 50 would probably be a high number. Mm-hmm. But uh, but between 40, you know, 40 and 50 and just all the time. And and we maintained that for years. And I'm, I'm there's no pride in the ministry, but if there's something I'm proud of, we had a good sized youth group for a long time. You know, sure. it was, uh, a lot of kids that went off to college, a lot of kids that that graduated and that number kind of stayed. So sure. a lot of people and, and uh, it was good. Awesome. And I, I want to get into your backstory a little bit in younger years and things, but I would like to talk about Brother Lamb because uh, just yeah. ju- just from the outside looking <laughs> in, fa- seems like a fantastic guy. Now, maybe you can tell me some some different stories, but no, no. I'm sure he's he's awesome. No. Now, how did he make your job easier as a youth pastor to do what you were trying to do, but also further the entire ministry? Yeah. Just he's – He's just a model pastor. He's a tremendous man. And I really look at my time at Landmark and and I say, I, I as I reflect on it, I don't know that there was anything that I did that was that was special, that was uh, what I think happened there was here was a great man who needed some help. That, that's really what it was. Sure. And the growth of the youth group, the, 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 the church experienced good years of growth while I was there and is still, you know, strong and, and growing and good. But I, I really think it was just the union, really, of a good man um, who just needed some good help is what mm-hmm. it was. Sure. So he made my life easy in every area. You know, he was he's. I, I say was like he's not anymore. He <laughs> you know, he's very concerned. He's a pastor who who's very concerned about the next generation, the youth. So many pastors lose connection with the youth, and they become you know adult driven and and uh, even offering driven. And you know, to Pastor Lamb, uh, a decision to surrender your life at camp uh, means more than a ten thousand dollar check in the offering, and that's the truth. So. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's who's focused like that, and basically all all he would want to see is the youth group to grow, the youth group to win souls. The it it, it just made it very easy, you know. Sure. And so, yeah, he he did so many things. He was with me. Uh, we had him come back and, and preach at chapel here at Howes Anderson, and so I wanted to introduce him, you know. And so I I. Uh, was able to introduce him. Then we hung out all day and all night, really, and uh, our families. But he brought a couple of things up that I had completely forgotten. I mean, completely forgotten. He encouraged the kids in the will of God, and he went all the way back to the interview with me. Hmm. And, um, when he interviewed me to go to Landmark, 
he was looking for a youth pastor, but, uh, and he said that, and I replied to him, boy, I don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I said, I said, you know, teenagers aren't my thing. (laughs) I don't think I have the patience for them. I want to work with young adults. And, uh, and I had totally forgotten that. But it's true. You know, I in college, I had no desire to work with teenagers, never took a single youth class and just didn't of of all the things a person could do in the ministry. Didn't see myself doing that. And he was telling the story and he said, you know, I'm looking at this guy thinking, you know, you're a youth pastor. (laughs) And uh, and so that he remembered that. And, um, you know, there were several other things that he reminded me about, and I'm trying to think of what they are now, but I, I do remember that and just the encouragement to do the will of God. And, uh, what a blessing, man, what a blessing he is. I still talk to him on a regular basis. Uh, you know, our relationship is good, you know, his Amen. son, my spot, and his son was in our youth group. And, and, uh, so he really understands the culture of, of what he grew up in and and things carry on there, you know. But Pastor Lamb is a is a hero, a dad like figure. Uh, just a just he's wonderful. The church is wonderful, and really, I I struck gold, you know. And sure, got there. Um, it was great for me, and uh, and I laugh all the time. But I, I've been telling my wife and and others even, and I, you got to be careful, but man, someday I'll live in West Virginia again. It might be when I'm, it might be when I'm 80 years old, but I'll live there again. Wonderful Amen. Wonderful. Amen. It was, it was great. Yeah. Amen. Now, and, and that's the sense I get looking outside in and just his, his desire to, he, he'd jump in, you know, with games at, at camp and things and he was plugged in. He wasn't a very standoff. Like, like my pastor, Pastor Grimaldi, he's all in on that stuff. Yeah. And, and that, that's They're, awesome. You know, right. Yeah. And, and very similar in that, unlike in some of the interviews, I don't know how many interviews you had coming out of college, um, but some pastors either explicitly said or insinuated, I'd really like you to be here for 10 plus years. That, that's yeah. what I'd like. And, and I'm not against that by any stretch. Um, yeah. But some pastor Molly like told, told me is that I want you to do God's will. I want you to be a blessing while you're here to our church. And I want to be a blessing to you and equip you for whatever God has for you. If that's 10 years, great. If that's 18 months, then that's fine. Yeah. Uh, and so I appreciate uh, You know, Pastor Lamb was looking for an assistant who would get in there and uh, and stay. You know, the, mm-hmm. the circumstances of, the, of the, the church when I got there, uh, you know, were not ideal. And, sure. and unfortunately, like so many uh, right. relationships, you know, they, 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 they come and go. And some of that had happened even on staff. And so sure. good people involved, but it just wasn't, he needed somebody again to just come to help. And he did say, he did say in the interview, he said um, he wanted five years. He wanted okay. five. Minutes. Sure. And I, I wouldn't give it to him. You know, I told him, I said, pastor, I said, I promise you, I promise you, I want to stay as long as God wants me to stay. Amen. I said, but if it's if it's five years or if it's, I said, if God wants to be gone in a year, you don't want me here. Right. And if, if God wants me to stay for 10, I promise you I will. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being 13. And so, right. And you almost uh, tripled it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, right. it, 
Right. I, I do remember the other thing that he said. I want sure. to drop as far as how did he help me? You know? Right. Um, he pointed out in chapel. And I, I remember now when I got there, he said, you know, as an assistant, he said in a, in a medium sized church, you know, landmark runs, you know, anywhere from, from 400 people on, on an average Sunday plus, you know, he, he said, uh, people are going to view you as the pastor, as a pastor. Mm-hmm. He said, now you and I know that you're only 23 years old and <laughs> you don't really know what's going on. He said, but people will automatically, they'll automatically view you, you know, as even their pastor. He said, so one of the things I require is that you walk with God. He said, you have to walk with God. He said, I want you to take an hour a day and walk with the Lord. Now, I had a vibrant relationship with the Lord as a teenager, and that suffered in college. Matter of fact, it it suffered, and it was nobody's fault other than the grind of work, and and, uh, it just just suffered. Didn't do anything wrong. I didn't, you know, but, but that connection with God wasn't there in college as it was as a teenager. So when I graduated, I actually took a year because I felt like I wasn't fit to enter the ministry. Mm. So I took a year and got married and, and, and upped my, my everything, you know, my service, my Bible reading. But when I got to West Virginia and I heard that, I thought, praise the Lord, you know, and I really did do that. Um, you know, we took, we took, he would probably say there were some days I, I took that a little too seriously and spent too much time, you know, <laughs> walking with God and not doing anything else. But, um, we, we, uh, that was a big way that he helped me there. Sure. Well, and you, you can't miss the fundamentals. Can't yeah. miss the, uh, the trees for the forest. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the forest for the trees. Now, if we went all the way back, comic book number one in, yeah. in the Abdel Judas series, where would we find you as a child, as a young man? How did you come to be where you are? Salvation. How, how, what's okay. the story? Yeah. The story. Now the story is like two hour long sermons. So, sure. Sure. So I'll, I'll nutshell it for you. Um, Born and raised in Chicago, you know, uh, really with with uh, good parents that that just weren't church people. You know, my dad is is Arabian, and there's a lot of uh, Islamic you know culture there and and everything. My mom is is white and American, you know, and uh, Irish. I don't I don't know what she would claim, but but not not churched. Right. And so church wasn't really part of our lives growing up. Um, the home, the home divided, uh, split, divorce over, over alcohol and, and, uh, difficulties. And, and so at a young age, you know, I hated alcohol, still do, uh, hate it and God hates it. But, um, uh, but that split up our home. And so that left me in a single parent home. My mom doing the best that she could uh, to raise us, you know, um, three kids, four kids at the time, five to come later. But, uh, you know, and so she's working a couple of jobs and, and we're doing the best we can. And in that situation, some bus workers from Jordan Baptist Church on the south side of Chicago came along and uh, invited me to church. A goldfish Sunday, you know, and uh, and uh, I rode the bus just for the novelty. Really, I was not interested in church. I I had no interest, and 
any of that. I was a, I was a bitter kid, you know, mad at my dad because of uh, our situation, divorce, not doing well in school, just kind of spiraling out of control and, and not even realizing it, you know. And, uh, and, and I went to church for the novelty of, of the promise that, you know, if 30 kids would get on a bus and go to church, this guy here would swallow a goldfish. And I just had never heard anything like that. Got on the bus and, and that was it. Day one, it was game on. You know, I, I loved church. I loved the spirit. I loved the atmosphere. Everything was different. Um, and I loved it. And a few months later in a revival meeting, I, uh, I got saved. On a, on a Monday night, you know, in a in a revival meeting, I got I got saved. So, Amen. Well, you, you did a good job no, having heard you, part of, the majority of your story before. You did a very good job distilling that down uh, into, <laughs> into a small. Now, then, how did how did you end up going to college? You, I believe you went to Hiles Anderson. How, how did you get there? And what yeah, was the well, um, uh, what story of that? Yeah, my 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 church at the time, uh, our pastor at the time was a Hiles Anderson graduate, but he was really leaning towards Golden State, which is okay. where you went. Sure. And um, and he was really leaning that way. And so he was kind of, you know, uh, I'm not going to say funneling, but, sure. but he, he preferred for kids to, to look at Golden State as the first option. And so I did. Took several trips out there, you know, met Brother Treber and, and Brother Jorgensen mm-hmm. was the, uh, the vice president of the college at the time. And what was headed there? Mm-hmm. I was headed there. I may even have given him money. I don't. I don't know. But I was headed there. <laughs> You're still waiting for that check back, your refund. Yeah. If I did give them money, they've not returned it. <laughs> with interest. Uh, no. But, uh, at the end of the day, Micah, it's it's one of those things where I tell people all the time: those will of God questions are huge questions that teens have. Mm-hmm. How do I know I'm in the will of God? How do I know? And most of our answers to them, and I could get technical and biblical, uh, but most of our answers to them are, you know, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and you'll know it. That mm-hmm. That's most of our, and for the most part, that holds true. Mm-hmm. For co- the college decision for me, I mean, I that was a game time decision. I, I really can't even say that I ever had great peace about it. You know, Hmm. at the end of the day, um, I was living in Chicago and I was helping my mom, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and financially helping, you know, by that point I'm working and and financially trying to contribute. I I have uh, some younger brothers and sisters that I was trying to, you know, help just, just be there, be an influence on, and I thought to myself, as much as I want to go to Golden State and as cool as it seemed and and as great of a church and all that, I thought I have Hiles Anderson in my backyard. Love Brother Hiles. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, that that, that man's preaching uh, had changed my life in my bedroom. You know, I was, mm-hmm. I, I was one of those kids who the youth pastor made the deal. You give me your bad music and for every tape, you know, every cassette tape that you give me, I'll give you a preaching tape. And I, I was on that plan for a while and he gave me some Brother Hiles sermons. So I loved Brother Hiles and I just kind of thought in the fourth quarter, man, it just makes sense for me to stay here sure. and for me to kind of even against my pastor's wishes, really. Uh, but I did. That's how I ended up at Hiles Anderson. And uh, looking back, it's one of those things, looking back, 
man, that was the will of God. Sure. Met my wife, you know, in April of our of our freshman year, and probably would not have ended up at at uh, Landmark had I not had that connection. Maybe who knows, but probably not. Sure. And so, and and probably wouldn't be here right now, right here, right. you know. Right. So, so much to it, but that's that's kind of the college story. Amen. Now, yeah. you have a lot of irons, different fires, just with so much going on. Yeah. Just just the administration has got to be a huge thing. Um, where is the the balance for you in in, in in what you have right now? For you, a pra- very practical question for myself, and I'm sure other people, because you have this monolith of a ministry that you are you are helping be one of the cogs, in, in a big cog in 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 that machine. The walk with God, because I mean that's something you are passionate about. The walk with God now. If I, if you don't mind me asking, yeah. practically speaking, what does that look like for you now? Maybe even times in yeah. times of day. How how do you make that work with what you have going on now? Yeah, it look it looks like five o'clock in the morning. Is what sure. it looks like. You know, that's just what it looks like. There there was no way for me as you've have you as you've seen trying to get this interview scheduled. Sure. <laughs> there, there there was no way for me to to you know, take it day by day and slip in, you know, some Bible reading, you know, in between. I can't, I I can't do it. Uh, If others can, you know, that's good. For me, it had to be early. It had to be in the morning um, when, when a lot of the world is sleeping is, Mm -hmm. is what it has to be. Sure. I can't not do it. You know, of course we, and it is something I'm passionate about. And, and of course we, uh, we can't serve the Lord, you know, in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just the sheer amount of, of preaching and teaching, you know, I added it up once and an, an average week for me would be, would be eight or nine times where I stand up and for at least 50 minutes, I teach, and if you've heard me teach, it's preach, you know. Right. And, and okay, so so that's a week, and then when you add to that uh, traveling and revivals and whatever we get to there, thirty to forty meetings a year there. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have to walk with the Lord. Sure. You know? And so it just boiled down to to every day, you know, mm-hmm. f- five a.m. Wake up. Um, when Monday and Tuesday, my day doesn't start until eight 30, my official, like where I need to be somewhere is at eight 30. Mm-hmm. I have all kinds of time there. If I want to fudge a little bit, if it was a long Sunday, you know, I could, I could fudge a little bit and wake up a little later, but, but I try to hit that five mark Wednesday through Friday, my, my weeks a blur at that point. And, um, you know, my, my day, I leave my house at seven 15, Wednesday through Friday, I've got to be ready to roll for the day at 7.15. And so that 5 o'clock works out really good there to take an hour, you know, and to, and to, uh, to study, to pray, to, to read devotionally, all of that. Saturday is a day where I can sleep in a little bit. If I'm not traveling, sometimes I'm traveling, but, but Saturday is our team soul winning day, and, and nothing starts till 10 o'clock. And so I like, I like sleeping in on a Saturday and uh, – you know, getting donuts for the kids and, and all of that, you know, so sure. Saturday, I, I, I probably, uh, uh, it's certainly not five o'clock in the morning and, and Saturday, right. but more of a relaxed day for me. So sure. Yeah. Well, that, that, 
I think that just drives home. We know, I mentioned this in a past interview, we know you want to, you know, get fit, lose weight, you work out more, you eat less bad food, right? Yeah. And we know we need to be right with God. We know we got to walk with him. So we just got to do it. It's, it's not some, and I I wasn't looking for a magic pill. I was, I was guessing it was exactly what you were going to say that you just got to be, you know, people that wanted competitive bodybuilding or whatever. They're at the gym at five o'clock in the morning building their temple. Um, You know, for me, and it's so frustrating because, because when I was in West Virginia and probably when you first met me, now that was years ago, Mm -hmm. but, but mm-hmm. there was a span of time there where I ran five miles a day, you know, and I, I enjoyed it, loved it. I love athletics and, uh, and I ran five miles a day and, and was fit, you know, and, and, um, and that's, that's just, I'm trying sure. at this point, I'm trying, right. but that's what suffered. Right. You know, I, I, I couldn't have both. Right. You know, it was a little more relaxed that I could, I could run, you know, five miles a day and walk with the Lord and administratively do what I need to do. And here I cannot. Right. And such is life. But I'll say this, brother, if I'm, if I'm waking up at five o'clock in the morning, you know, and I, I have to choose, you know, I just, I just chose, man, I need to walk with the Lord and I'm not going to the gym. And uh, that means some pounds and some man i'll try to do some other things but uh right but yeah well one last question because i I know we have we have a heart out transferring that love of god transferring that that need for a walk with god onto your teenagers besides example or maybe it is example what what how do you do that to your teenagers to impress upon them the need to walk with god wow man what a great what well, m- maybe we'll just stop right here. We'll come back in a couple of months and pick it back up. Hey, but brother, listen, I'd love to. That'd be I'd awesome. Love to I, I'd, I'd love to. I've enjoyed this. I cannot believe that 30 minutes. I know we had a little technical difficulty there, but all right. uh, it flew by. So I'd yes, sir. this again. And maybe we well, let, 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 yeah, let's put a pause on that. And for those of yeah. you, I hate, hate to leave you hanging, but hey, it'll give you a reason to tune next time. Brother Judah, I really, really appreciate you taking the time. I, like you said, when you wake up at 5 o'clock to walk with God and you squeeze in 30 minutes well, for this, I really appreciate that. It was a and, joy. Um, I love it. Look forward to seeing you in October. Yes, sir. Folks, and that's going to be a good time. I'm, I'm really, look, really look forward to that. Um, tell Brother Grimaldi I said hi. And do. Uh, and I appreciate it. And let's schedule something again. I'd love to. I like this. I really enjoy this. Great talk with Brother Judah. Hope you enjoyed the content. If you do, leave a review of the podcast. Let me know. Greatly appreciate your listenership. We will catch you very soon.